I just want to say my heart, there's something stirring in my heart today. And, um, and I'm excited. I'm excited about the things of the Holy Spirit and what He is doing right now in our country. On the natural realm, there are terrible things taking place in our country. But in the spiritual world, God is working in an incredible way. And if you just think of the It's Time event in Bloemfontein not so long ago and how so many people gathered... I want to tell you, the Lord is busy at work. When I chat to pastors and friends in ministry, we're aware of a stirring in the Spirit. I'm not exactly sure what the Lord is doing, but He is moving by His Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. Good. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing on this word right now. Put your fire on my lips, and I pray that you would work by your Spirit in the name of Jesus. Why don't you say this after me? This is God's Word. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. The title of the message this morning is Experiencing Pentecost at a Personal Level. Experiencing Pentecost at a Personal Level. You can turn so long to Acts chapter 1. We'll get there in a few moments' time. And at the end of the service, we are going to have an opportunity to pray for people who would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. For me, I so cherish and love experiencing that aspect of my Christian walk with God. And we should be encouraging people that haven't experienced that to not stop where they are, but move on into everything that God has for them. So be ready for a prayer ministry time at the end. If you have never broken through in terms of the baptism and also in terms of the gift of tongues. Be ready, be expectant, and let these scriptures place faith in your heart. Now, in terms of Pentecost, let's first look at a definition. What is the definition of Pentecost on the next slide? Now, the word Pentecost actually means 50th. Pentecost comes from the Greek word Pentecostos. Can you all say Pentecostos? No, but can you say it with a bit of a Greek accent, Pentecostos? Yeah, you see, I know a little Greek. Um, he runs a spa down the road. I've got lots of Greek experience. So. Now, Pentecost means 50th, all right? And it refers to the 50th day after Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. And in the Old Testament, it was referred to as the culmination of the Feast of Weeks. And it was a feast, a festival in the Old Testament times, and still many in the church today celebrate that feast, but in particular, the actual day of Pentecost. Now, to explain the timeline to you, if we look at just the days and how does this fit together, well, day one is Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, okay? So you don't count from Good Friday, you count from Easter Sunday, from Resurrection Sunday, that is day one. And then if you move along 40 days, you get to Ascension Day. Ascension Day is when Jesus, in front of his disciples, ascended into heaven. A cloud received him and he was covered from their sight. And Jesus left earth on Ascension Day. But then 10 days later is Pentecost Sunday. So what is today? It is Pentecost Sunday. And this is about the Holy Spirit being poured out. 
So in other words, if you wonder when your Easter weekend was, it was basically 50 days ago or uh, seven weeks ago. Now, talking today about the day 50, Pentecost Sunday, in terms of Pentecost Sunday, what is the significance of Pentecost Sunday in today's church? We know certain meanings particularly related to the Old Testament, but in today's Christian church, it is the anniversary of the coming of the Holy Spirit to the church. Can I say that clearly? Pentecost Sunday is the anniversary of the coming of the Holy Spirit to the church. It's the anniversary where we celebrate the outpouring of the Spirit of God upon the church. The people of God did not always experience this. The people of God did not always walk in the power of God. But there came a time, there came an era where after Jesus left earth, he sent the Holy Spirit by the glory of the Father and the Holy Spirit. He is now the one who is the agent of change on the earth. He is the most important person of earth, on earth. And this is where we celebrate that he came and he came to empower his church. He came to give us what we need to get the job done. So we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon the church. If somebody comes to you and says, hey, what's this Pentecost thing? They don't know the Lord. Uh, they're not believers. You should be able to explain. Pentecost. Oh, well, what's Pentecost? No, you should be able to explain. It's when the Holy Spirit came upon the church. And so it's hugely significant in the life of the church. It's also the third great Christian feast. The first and second ones would be Easter or Passover. The other one, Christmas. And then Pentecost is referred to in Christian literature as the third great feast. But Pentecost is also referred to as the birthday of the church. That is when the church was birthed on that very day, the day of Pentecost. Now, let's look at a few passages of scripture. They'll be on your screen. Uh, today I'm reading from the NIV translation. I like the way it puts this passage of scripture across. Let's look firstly at Acts 1, verse 4 to 5, and verse 8. It says there in Acts 1, verse 4, On one occasion, while he, that is Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is a gift? Although he's a person, he's a gift into our lives. And, it's, and he said, wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. He's kind of saying, disciples, I've been talking about this a lot, but the gift is now imminent. He's about to come. And it says, verse 5, for John baptized with water, but in a few days, in other words, 10 days later, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Notice that phrase, baptized with the Holy Spirit. I ask you today, sir, ma'am, have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? If you have, you will know that you have. But if you haven't, you'll be probably unsure. In verse 8 it says, but you will receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let's read a little bit more. Go to Acts chapter 2. 
And this is verse 1 to 6 that we're looking at. Because here it is. This is now the day of Pentecost. This is what had been anticipated and prophesied from a long time ago. Jesus previously, in what we've read, it was 10 days before, just before his ascension. And he said, go and wait in Jerusalem. Now it is the day of Pentecost. And it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Now, take note of the supernatural working of God here. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest upon each of them. Let me stop for a moment and say there was a time when the flame of God rested on the Ark of the Covenant. The blue flame of the Shekinah glory of God rested on the Ark of the Covenant. But now God was saying, my presence will no longer rest on the Ark of the Covenant. My presence comes into that meeting, divides and settles upon everyone, realizing that now you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Ark of the Covenant, if you could find it today, I don't know where it is. Some people say it's hidden somewhere, but it doesn't contain the Lord's presence anymore. But you and I are temples of the Holy Spirit, and that fire has been placed upon us so you and I can burn with the Spirit of God. Not be half on fire, but be alive. Fiery burning with God and the power of the Lord. And it says it came to rest on each of them. In verse 4, it says, all, would you say the word all? all? Of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound... Uh, Sorry, and when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Now go on in the same chapter, Acts 2. Now we're going to look at verse 12 to 18 and then also verse 39. It says, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Somehow ever made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven raised his voice and addressed the crowd. He said, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this is the prophecy being fulfilled in front of your eyes. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is the long-awaited fulfillment of the prophecy. And in verse 17 on the next slide, it says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. Let me tell you, when God says he's going to do something, he will do it. And he promised he would do it. And on that day of Pentecost, he did it. He said, I will pour out my spirit. And the moment came when his spirit was poured out because he's faithful to what he says he will do. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. Can you see what this is about? The outpouring of the spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I heard somebody saying that the spirit of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Very interesting statement that, and it says, and they will prophesy. And then verse 39, it says, the promise is for you 
and your children, and for all those who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Now, come on, can somebody say amen to the reading of the word? This excites me. I'll tell you one reason why it excites me, because I know there was a day in the life of our family with my parents where they did not know the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They loved God, they read His Word, but they thought that the things of the, the Pentecost time had ceased way back then. They were call it cessationists. And they had to begin to realize as the Spirit of God worked in their lives that no, it didn't stop in the Acts of the Apostles. It didn't stop at all. But the power of the outpouring of God is for Pentecost and onwards. And I even believe this, I could be wrong. But the outpouring of the Spirit of God may even increase exponentially in the last days as the mighty harvest of God comes in. And so I know that my parents went through a lot to transition from a traditional denominational church into the renewal, into the fullness of God. I know the criticism that we as a family came under because of that and the rejection that we experienced because of that. But I want to tell you, it changed my parents' lives. It changed that local church. It took a little harmless church, if I could put it that way, and made it a church on fire for God. People began to come from far and wide and realize that God is at work here. People began to travel an hour, two hours, just to the Saturday night prayer meeting because my dad and mom had discovered something. It's called Pentecost. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it began to set their hearts on fire for God. Now, let me say this. There's a trend in the world nowadays to rationalize all of the spiritual elements in the Bible, to try to rationalize them, water them down, and make them look that they are not spiritual and undermine them, that is very sad. But I want to say, you and I, as the people of God, we must never stop desiring the power of the Holy Spirit. Hear me now. We must never stop desiring the power of the Holy Spirit and proclaiming its reality to the world. Number one, every believer should experience a personal Pentecost. Please say that with me. Every believer should experience a personal Pentecost. What is a personal Pentecost? It's when you yourself experience what those disciples way back then those 120 followers of Jesus in the upper room, what they experienced when the Holy Spirit flooded their lives. Every one of us needs to have a personal Pentecost. It's when the fullness of the Holy Spirit becomes a reality in your life. And listen to this. We shouldn't just be satisfied with the deposit of the Spirit. We should go on to the fullness or the baptism of the Spirit let me explain this to you. When you are born again, you receive the deposit of the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit, but you haven't yet received the fullness of the Spirit. These disciples that Jesus had been speaking to, they knew that something greater was coming regarding the ministry of the Holy Spirit that would impact their lives. And it's sad for me when many Christians just say, well, I'm just satisfied with this little deposit. And I want to say, don't be satisfied. We live in a world where we love to upgrade. Upgrade your software, upgrade your cell phone, upgrade your car. When it comes to your walk with the Lord, upgrade from the deposit into the baptism, into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But every believer should experience a personal Pentecost. 
And if every believer did experience a personal Pentecost, you know what will happen? The church on the face of the planet will become far more powerful. It will. Number two, a personal Pentecost should be followed by a life of repeated infillings. Do you know that? You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a once-off experience where you didn't have it, and now you have the baptism or the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But the reality is that you and I tend to run dry unless we are topped up again. And I've discovered through Scripture that the Lord wants us to be filled over and over and replenished again by His Spirit. It should happen on a regular basis. Ephesians 5, 18, it's on your screen. It says, do not be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, listen to it. Be filled with the Spirit. That's what God's heart is for you. Be filled with the Spirit. And I believe that this is speaking to people who have experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this phrase, be filled, is in the present continuous tense. In other words, it means be filled and continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The same verse, verse 18 in the Amplified Bible, says the following, And do not get drunk with wine. For that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. Point number three, the purpose of Pentecost is to empower the believer. Won't you say that with me, please? The purpose of Pentecost is to empower the believer. I want to say to you, if the Spirit of God is in your life through the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you are allowing him to fill you on a regular basis, you have the operational power of God in your life. Let me ask you this. If you, let's say for an example, if you were God and you had to change the whole planet through people, wouldn't you give them an added advantage to get the job done? And that is exactly what God has done. He knew we couldn't accomplish this thing of extending the kingdom of God, of evangelism, of making disciples in every nation. We couldn't accomplish it in our own strength. So he gave us an added advantage and he gave us supernatural ability to get the job done. And he has put the power of his spirit within us. He has put the life of his spirit within us. Now, would you please say this after me? The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in me. Therefore, I have supernatural power. Now nudge the person next to you and say, you have supernatural power. You have it. And so what's the big idea here? Well, the big idea is that the Holy Spirit gives power. And I don't want to live in existence where I have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. I want to have a Christian life in which the power of God is a reality in my life, and so do you. He gives us power to do many things. I wish I had time to go into all of these on the list. You can bring it up on the screen. But he gives us power to live the Christian life, in other words, in victory. He gives us power to truly worship in spirit and in truth. That's why you can see when a person who is baptized in the Holy Spirit worships, they worship in a different way. There's a deeper connection. There's a getting lost in worship because they experience in worship in spirit and in truth. Also, 
The Spirit empowers us to resist temptation. He empowers us to operate in the gifts. He empowers us to heal the sick. He empowers us to influence others for Jesus. And He empowers us to witness. That's what Jesus said, that you would be empowered and then you would be my witnesses. I'm going on to the last point, point number four. You can impart what you have received. Let me explain this. If you are a born-again child of God, and if you have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, then if another believer comes up to you and asks you to pray for them for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you can do it. Even if it's at school, in the staff room, at work in the cafeteria, you can do it. Sometimes that's when we say, is there a pastor nearby? Oh, Lord, help us. Do I have to do this? Is there a pastor? No, no, no. The work is in your hands to do it. And I want to say that you can pray for that brother-in-law, that sister-in-law, that cousin of yours, your mother who loves the Lord but hasn't yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can lay hands and impart that. Let me tell you a little example. I was about 19, 20 years of age. I was leading my first home cell, my first life group as we call it nowadays. And we had a vibrant life group. There at that stage, it was still fairly new. We had about 16 or 18 people in the life group. And one, uh, one Thursday night, we had life groups on a Thursday night. One Thursday night, the one young lady in our group brought a friend to life group. And then at some point in the meeting, uh, she said of her friend, she says, my friend would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, I, I tell you, honestly, I cringed because I thought, how do I do this? How do I get this person baptized in the Holy Spirit? I, was, I shot up a little prayer to God. You know those prayers. God, help me. We're here to help. Lord, help me. Well, you know what? I just kind of did what I knew sort of to do. And a few of us stood around her. We laid hands on her. and We said, "Would Lord, Holy Spirit, would you cause the fullness of your spirit to come upon her? baptize her, and then a couple of us around just began to pray in tongues, and next thing, clearly, unmistakably, she began to speak in tongues, and immediately, tears began to run down her cheeks. She knew unmistakably she had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, that's how easy it is, and just one scripture from Acts 19, verse 6, it says, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now, let me just say, you do not have to have somebody lay hands on you in order to receive the gift of tongues. Sometimes it's happened in our worship services when we've just been praying in the Spirit here together as a corporate group. I'm aware of people who've received the gift of tongues right in that moment and together with that, the baptism but sometimes it does help that somebody would lay hands on you and pray and impart to you. And then you just begin to open your mouth as the Spirit gives you utterance. And so I want to say to you, to, to everyone here, that it's time for a Pentecost again. A new Pentecost in your life. 
I want to encourage you, if you were touched years ago and you are still living off what took place then, I want to say this needs to happen regularly, 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 that we would be filled with the Spirit of God. Can anybody say amen? Amen. amen. Well, before I dismiss the service and close in prayer, I'd like to invite the pastors, shepherds, and life group leaders to come to the front to be ready to pray for anyone now that would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit together with the evidence of speaking in tongues, all right? So would you come, uh, pastors, shepherds, life group leaders? And so folks, this is a beautiful opportunity. I want to encourage you, don't be shy. If you need to receive this gift of the Lord, don't be shy. See this as your opportunity. Now, if you would like to be prayed for, the leaders are in the front here, they are facing you, but if you would like to receive prayer ministry for the baptism in the Spirit, would you please get up out of your seat right now and come to the front and form a line across the front and face everyone here, face the people here. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Come out, out of your seat. I believe there's many people here that you are longing for this breakthrough. Give them a hand as they come. So if you are here to be prayed for, then you stand and you face the stage, okay? If you're wanting to be prayed for, then you form a line across the front here and you pray, uh, you will be prayed for. Leaders, don't begin to pray just yet. We're going to close the service in prayer and then will be your opportunity to pray. So the leaders are in the front and they are facing you. And if you are receiving the, the prayer for baptism in the Holy Spirit, then you are facing the stage. Church, would you please stand for a moment? Church, would you just stand? And just for a moment, everyone, just join me in praying in tongues. Raise your voice a little bit, church. Let there be a buzz. Raise your voice. Thank you, Lord. Even as we pray in the Spirit right now, there can be a fresh outpouring of your Spirit. Our prayer today is that you would baptize everyone that has come to the front with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and we speak a release over their lips and over their spirit for the gift of tongues. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And we thank you, Lord, for what you are doing. Let's just pray for one minute longer. As you are praying, just receive from the Lord. And so, Lord, now I bless your people. Thank you for this time today in your presence. And I pray that we would go with this fresh realization of what you want to do by your spirit, empowering our lives. We thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gifts that you have given. And I bless your people with peace now, in Jesus' name. And we say, Amen. Amen.